Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. My name is Ronya. Um, for those of you, hello. Hi, Luke. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now Luke wants to have a conversation with me now. All right, let's have Okay. Well, my name is Ronya. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, and I'm part of the Gastreet family here, I would also like to say a warm welcome to you if you're tuning in online. It's always good to have you tuning in with us this morning. Please make sure that you are engaging online. And if you're in the building, please can you help me this morning by engaging and being vocal? Yeah, okay. I mean, I do like it when people uh, are quite vocal. Um, So, well, now you're all being vocal with me now, but anyway, continue, continue, continue. Well, I have been praying for you, which is always a good thing if you're speaking. Um, And um, I am confident that God is going to come and do something this morning. I am really believing for three things this morning. And the first thing I'm believing for is transformation. I really believe that this is gonna be a significant morning because we are gonna see transformation in our lives. The second thing I'm believing for is healing. And we are actually gonna take some time to pray and believe for healing at the end of the service. And the third thing is salvation. You know, I'm really believing for people to say yes to Jesus this morning and also for others to return to Jesus this morning. You know, uh, if you've come into church expecting to meet with God, let me encourage you today and raise up your faith for God to meet with you. This is what it says in Matthew 18 verse 20 before it starts. It says, when two or three of you are together, well, it kind of looks like as though we've got two or three together. I'm sure, I, I'm sure I passed my maths, GCSE, A-levels. Yeah, I'm sure I passed. I can count one, two, three. But anyway, when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. You can be sure. And church, I want to encourage you this morning that you don't need to doubt whether God is here whether his presence is here to meet with you, because the truth is, he is. So, before we begin, I'm just gonna ask you to just bow your heads, and I just wanna pray for us. Father God, we thank you that you are here with us. Your word says we can be sure that I'll be there. I pray that you speak to us this morning I pray for your Holy Spirit to come and move among us today. We let go, Jesus, of any distractions and we choose today to focus on you. Come, Holy Spirit, and do only what you can do. Amen. Amen. So, if you are unaware or if you missed last week, we are currently in a series called Jesus the Healer. And in the series, we're going to be preaching Jesus, the gospel, the good news, and believing for people to encounter him, believing for people to be transformed by him, to say yes to him and to return to him. So last week, Nick Drake kicked off the series reminding us that Jesus is all we need. 
He is all that we need. And he challenged us by asking us this one question. He said, what do you need and why are you going to other places for it? I mean, my little heart was scarred by that little challenge. I haven't, I haven't honestly stopped thinking about that question. You know, belonging, purpose, significance, love, stability, identity, healing. What is it that you need? And where are you currently going for it? We can't go anywhere else because Jesus is all we need. For us to be whole, we find that in Jesus. So today, I have the privilege of continuing on with this series with another story as Jesus the healer. And I'm gonna go into the story of Jesus healing the man born blind. So if you have your Bibles, your phones, we're going to turn to John 9, verses one to 12, and this is what it says. Jesus heals a man born blind. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spat on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the bland, my, bland man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Hey, amen, amen. His neighbors and others who knew him as the blind beggar asked each other, isn't this? Mm. Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, I love this, others said, no, 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 no. This, I mean, no, I mean, this can't be him. This surely can't be him. He just looks like him. Can you imagine? Jeez, it can't be him. It just looks like him. But the, but the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. So they asked, who healed you? What happened? Now they wanna know. Hmm. So he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. Where is he now? They asked. I don't know, he replied. The title of my message today is, isn't this, isn't this. You know, when I first read this passage in preparation for this message, those two words are the words that struck out the most to me, isn't this. You know, the story of Jesus and the blind man is a story of how one man truly encountered Jesus, who is the light of the world, and got radically healed from his blindness and was completely transformed physically and spiritually to the point where people could not recognize him. And if there's one thing that this story teaches us, if there's one thing that I want you to take away from this message, this talk today, if you take this and that's it, the one thing that I want you to take is that with Jesus, our lives are transformed. 
Our lives will never remain the same with Jesus. Our lives are transformed with Jesus. You know, people always ask me, Ronya, people ask me a lot of questions, you know. It's all right, I don't mind. Actually, I ask people a lot of questions too. But anyway, people always ask me, Ronya, what is the most frustrating thing about being a community midwife? Well, I mean, my most recent frustration is the roadworks in Birmingham. <laughs> is anybody with me with the roadworks in Birmingham? Oh, thank God. I was thinking, gosh, I need to work on my patience, you know, my driving skills, but my gosh, there's roadworks in Birmingham. I mean, just saying this, but I drove to the hospital and there were actually roadworks on the way to the hospital by that big roundabout by Selyoke. And I actually thought, how dare Birmingham City Council not consult me on how this was going to impact my midwifery. <laughs> but anyway, going back to the question, people always ask me, what is the most frustrating thing? And the number one answer that I always give them is the lack of transformation in people's lives. That is the most frustrating. As a community midwife, I have my finger on the pulse of what's happening behind closed doors. I see what's happening behind closed doors. I see it all. Mental health struggles, domestic violence, partners imprisoned, coming out of prison and then going back into prison. Humanity relying upon substances, alcohol, sex to numb their pain or escape mentally the struggles they are facing. Relationship breakdowns, I see it all. And the one thing that's most frustrating and utterly heartbreaking as a community midwife is seeing those same families coming back again, stuck in the same cycle. So the lack of transformation is what I find the most frustrating. And you know what? It would be naive for me to think that in a room this size, that we are not in the same boat. We too have struggles. I'll put my hand up. I'm not gonna stand up here and pretend to be perfect. We too have struggles. We too have addictions, coping mechanisms, issues, thought, thought patterns that we're desperate for God to break. Just like the blind man, we're desperate for God to heal and transform. But the good news, as I've said, the one thing that I want you to take away is that with Jesus, our lives are transformed. That is what makes the Christian faith different. Oof. That's what makes the Christian faith different. You can't encounter Jesus and actually remain the same person. It's impossible. It is genuinely impossible. The Holy Spirit is alive and active. In Him we are transformed and we are transformed from glory to glory. So if you're sitting here today and if there's something that you wanna see transformation in your life, be it physical, be it spiritual, be it mental, I want you to believe for that and to have faith for that. I'm just gonna quickly just go through three lessons from the story of the blind man that I want you to hold on to and just help you 
in regards to transformation in our lives. So the first thing is that Jesus is the light of the world that gives us sight. You know, the healing of the blind man was such an important miracle because it had two key messages. The first key message was that it announced Jesus as the Messiah, as our Savior, the one who would save us from sin, salvation. Isaiah had prophesied multiple times before Jesus did this healing that when he came, he would open the eyes of the blind. On the screen, Isaiah 42 verse 6 to 7 is going to come up and it says, I will give you as a covenant, talking about Jesus, for the people, a light for the nations to open up the eyes that are blind. I'm really believing for blind eyes to be opened today, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. And I had this image of the fact that there's so many people who are just sat in darkness, thinking that there's life here, just sat in their dungeons of darkness, thinking that, well, the enemy has lied to us and blinded to us, making us think that this is where it's at. Man, my dungeon of darkness, this is where the party is at. Blinding us with sin, unbelief, our hearts being hardened, turning away from the things of God, sat in this dungeon of darkness. There's nothing there for you. I've been there, I've done that. There's not one thing there for you. Let Jesus be the light of the world that gives you sight. You know, the second thing or the second reason why this healing was so significant was because it showed that he was the light of the world that was crucial in overcoming spiritual blindness. You know, the timing of the miracle was no mistake. I'm gonna go a little bit geeky here and I'm gonna give you homework to do. So this is a little bit of Bible geekiness. Please don't judge me. (laughs) Do you love it? But the timing of the miracle was no mistake. It happened at the end of one of the great Jewish annual festivals. And the festival was called the Feast of the Tabernacles. You can just write that down and that'll be your homework. But the Feast of Tabernacles was important because it reminded the Israelites of them being brought out of slavery into freedom and how God had provided for them in the wilderness. So during the Feast of Tabernacles, they had these massive candelabras, massive, massive ones, about 20 meters high that would obviously have fire. And they actually say that the fire was so bright that it would light the city of Jerusalem. So the fire was that bright. And the purpose of that fire is that it reminded them of how God's presence through, uh, through the fire of pillar in the wilderness led them through the wilderness. And I just wanted to say, if there's anybody here who feels as though that they're in a wilderness, I want to encourage you that God's presence will guide you and God's presence will direct you. But I tell you all of this because it was during this festival that Jesus proclaimed that he is the light of the world. So in John 8 verse 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You follow, following this Jesus, the light of the world, 
then went on to heal the man born blind. You know, physical blindness, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, is the inability to see everything, including light. Spiritual blindness is the inability to perceive or understand. We are unable to see God or understand his messages. And the sad thing is that the enemy, what he really wants to do is to blind us. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, he knows that if we were to know who we are in Christ, if we were to walk in our true identity, we would be radically transformed. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, it says, Among them, the God of the world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. But the good news is the light of the world will give us sight. I am believing for veils that are covering people's eyes to be removed today through the radical power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever is blinding you today, whatever is keeping you in your dungeon, your prison of darkness, be it unbelief, pride, sin, distractions, chasing temporary pleasures, may the power of God break through that and may you have sight. As John Newton in 1772 wrote, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You can help me with the last line. Was blind, was blind, was blind, Amen, but now I see. And I pray this over us, church. Ephesians 1 verse 18, which says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling. Oh gosh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, like, I just sometimes just get really excited, but... I just pray that you experience the full revelation, church. If someone was standing in front of me, I'll be shaking them right now. <sighs> the full revelation of the hope of his calling that is the wealth of God's glory that he finds in us, the holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power of God. Jesus is the light of the world. The second lesson from the healing of the man born blind is that obedience leads us into the things of God. Obedience leads us into the things of God. I love the fact that the Bible says that Jesus, you know, he spat, made mud, put the mud on the man's eyes, told him to go and he went. However, for those of you who know me, who know me really well, please don't say amen because I'm just going to reveal my weakness here. Just pretend. But for those of you who know me, my version would have read a little bit different because I am a little bit of an overthinker. <laughs> I like to overthink things. So this is what my version would have gone like. It's gonna come up on the screen. So it will say, 
Jesus told Ronya to wash in the pool of Siloam. Ronya clearly didn't go. So Ronya proceeded to ask Jesus why he had chosen the pool of Siloam. I mean, I need to know why that one. Why not the other one? Why this one? Also, how did he expect her to get there? Does he not know I'm blind? Like, how is he going to expect me to get there? And then finally, my medical side would have asked, she also wanted to know statistically. <laughs> statistically. What had been his success rate of healing the blind in the past? Jesus, I'm not moving until you tell me all of this. Mm -mm -mm, not me. Anyway, it wouldn't have led me into the things of God. But anyway, I would have had my own thoughts, questions, fears, doubts, and hesitations. But the blind man teaches us in this very act the power of obedience and the blessing that comes out of those who obey. Obedience is defined as hearing God's word and acting accordingly. The blind man heard, believed, and obeyed. He would have been afraid, but he stepped out in God's word, and God's word filled him with faith. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. I know for some of us today, you may relate to my reflection on how I would have felt, overthinking things, held back by your own doubts, fears, hesitations, afraid to step out, thinking, can God really do it? Can He move in my situation? Can God heal? Can God transform? But I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you in your weakness to move on what we hear. Walk forward in faith towards your healing, your transformation, and your life in Christ, even when we don't feel ready. This blind man didn't have any announcement that Jesus was coming to him. Jesus just showed up, and in that moment, his faith went into action through his obedience. Healing came out of his obedience. Transformation came out of his obedience. Blessing came out of his obedience and his life was never the same. Obedience, church, leads us into the things of God. So the first lesson from the blind man is Jesus is the light of the world that gives us sight. The second lesson is that obedience leads us into the things of God. The third and final lesson is that in Him, we are no longer whom we, use, whom we used to be. In Him, we are no longer whom we used to be. You know, I love the fact that, you know, in John 9, of course, His neighbors were like, no, this can't be. Could this, could this really be the one? He just looks like him. But the fact that he kept saying, yes, I am the one. The healing of the blind man caused such a buzz, such a stir, because he had transformed beyond recognition. He was no longer the same. And as we encounter Christ, we too will no longer be who we used to be. We will be made anew through the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 5. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And 
what you'll notice in life is that as we transform, as we change, as the Holy Spirit is active and alive in us, some people are going to want to identify you with who you were. You're just going to have to be ready for that. You know, his neighbors were like, completely, literally were like, this cannot be him. Can this really be Ronya? Has she really? Like, no, that can't be her. Someone who looks like her, even though she has the same hairstyle, wearing black leather jeans and a black top. No, 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 no. It's not her who's transformed. That's how much disbelief, that's how much they still wanted to identify the blind man with his old identity. But what I love is the fact that he remained bold in declaring all that God had done in him. Revelations 12 verse 11 says, they conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb and the powerful word of his testimony. So as I invite the band up, I would just like to read some testimonies of some people I know. I sent out a question to some people. The band can come up because I am going to close. <laughs> um, we have to ask like four times, don't we? I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Luke is giving me this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, really, really, I'm joking. Just joking. You get it. You get it, isn't it? You get it, yeah. My friends always say to me, like, Ronya, you repeat the same things over again. And you know, like, when people tell you something and you're like, no, that's not the truth. I don't do that. And then, like, three, four, five other people tell me that I do that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I really do. But anyway, I was joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, so I sent out a message to, to, to some of my friends just saying, just in one sentence, can you tell me how Jesus has transformed your life? Someone wrote, Jesus has transformed my life by showing me I am not defined by my transgressions. I am not defined by my disappointments or doubts. He has restored my heart and dignified me with His love. Another person wrote, one of my main transformations is understanding that I'm not perfect, but believing that everything I am is in Jesus Christ. Someone else wrote, I was dead, but now I'm alive. Someone else wrote, Jesus helped me to lay down my selfishness and to open myself up to community so that I could be discipled by others and to disciple others so that I can live in freedom and experience love. Someone else wrote, Jesus has transformed my life through restoring my confidence, refining my character and allow me to live a life of purpose. And this is what I wrote. Jesus has transformed my life by mentally healing me I couldn't read it the last time. I had to get Sophie up to read it. 
Jesus has transformed my life by mentally healing me from the toxic environment I grew up in. What Leslie shared was, I don't know wherever he is, but he's so timely, what Leslie shared, because the next bit I wrote was, he has given me the strength to forgive those who wronged me. Ooh. I have found my true identity in him and not in people, not in material things, not in my career or what I do. He has given my life true joy and true purpose. I know who I am in Him. Jesus, with Him, our lives are transformed. We are not called to an average life. Mm -mm. No, no, no. If you're my friend, you're not staying in an average life. There's no way I'm going to allow you to stay in average life, stuck in the dungeon, held back by the enemy who's telling you that what is in there is better. It's not better. I tell you that right now. It's not better. It doesn't get any better than Jesus. Nick Drake said it perfectly last week. Jesus is all we need. To be whole, Jesus is all we need. Why are you going to other things? Why? So as I close, I will read these lyrics from a song by Bethel Music called The Blood. And it says, everything has changed. It's getting harder to recognize the person I was. Oof. I mean, we should not be able to recognize you as you transform in Christ. I just see for, for all of you here, your lives will be so, I don't know what the correct word is. Is it unrecognizable? Okay, just trying my English out. <laughs> anyway, we will be so unrecognizable next year. Who you are today is not going to be the same person that you're going to be next year. If you are, I will come and have words with you. <laughs> it's getting harder to recognize the person I was before I encountered Christ. And it goes on to say, I don't walk like I used to. They sing it better. They sing it with the oomph. I don't walk like I used to. <clears throat> I don't talk like I used to. <clears throat> I've been washed from the inside. I've been washed from the inside out. So I'll invite you to stand up, church. But I'll say again, with Jesus, our lives are transformed. The true light of the world is Jesus and he's the one that sets us free from our darkness he's the one that gives us sight and he's the one that opens blind eyes so before I close I am going to hand back over 
to Rachel and Tebo for ministry time. But before that, and Katie's going to do lead us in communion. But before that, I just want to take this opportunity to really pray for people today who may be feeling or thinking that I'm blind, Ronya. I want to see again. I want to say yes to Jesus. So I'll just ask you to just bow your heads and close your eyes. And if that's you today and you're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes to following Jesus. I was lost, but now I'm found. I'm blind and now I can see. I just really want to take this opportunity and give you this chance to say yes to Jesus or return back to Jesus. So if that's you, I'll just ask you to just raise up your hand in this place so I can see it. Raise it high if that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus this morning. Amen. If you want to say yes to Jesus, I see you, I see you. Oh, there's no greater celebration than returning back to Christ or saying yes to Jesus. So we're going to say this prayer together as a church. It's going to come up on the screen. So church, just help me say it. We'll all say it together now. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you know me and love me completely. I know I have made mistakes, and now I ask for your total forgiveness. I turn away from everything I know is wrong. Today I choose to put my faith in you and say yes to following you. Plus, please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit now. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.